Hey NASCAR fans, welcome to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, she is Tam. Hey! Or wait, I don't know if I should say hello. Um... Yeah, I like hello. Hello sounds good. Okay, so episode 46, <laughs> Tam is no longer going to say, hey, she's going to say, hello. Hello, a little proper. Hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Let's uh, get it started. Weekend, no Vegas yet. I no. know you're going to Vegas next week for no, EDC. Yeah, this weekend. This actually. weekend coming up. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, Renee took a break from Las Vegas. That's right, for one week and one week only. That's only because he's about to be down there for five days. He's actually going to be at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Yes, I am actually, which is fitting because you know how much I love NASCAR. And so it's just fitting that the music festival that I'm going to is going to be held at the Las, Mo- the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Is it because you love motorsports or is it because you love Las Vegas? Probably both. So I'm going to go with both. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Okay. My weekend was pretty cool. I actually spent a couple of days in, I guess, San Diego, Temecula area. Mm -hmm. I was down there with Mazda test driving a couple of cars. I had a chance. I saw that. You did. Yes. uh, Yeah, I had an opportunity to test drive the MX-5, which is the Mm two-door, two-seater convertible Miata. The Miata actually has two names. It has the MX-5 and the Miata. Mm. How how was that, just on a a personal level of test driving that car? I actually thought everything about the car was Mm. smooth. It drove fast. I have one tiny complaint, and that's only because, you know, I drive a car that's similar. It's not a Mazda. But the wind kind of seemed as if it was trapped in the mm. back when you had the top down. But I'm not complaining because <laughs> I let my hair flow in the wind. And you know what? I saw that. when that, I saw your hair just flying in the wind. And I sat there and I told myself, Tam, and I was just like, you know what? I actually am really jealous of you. At, at that point, I was really jealous of you. I, was, I, I envied every moment because I'm, I'm a sunroof or a ragtop kind of guy. We live in Southern California, let's be honest. And uh ragtop. Yeah. Uh, but you saw my hair was doing more than flowing in oh, the wind. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. it was pretty intense. But, it, but you look cute. It looked awesome. Like, well thank you. Yeah, I don't know if any listeners were able to see that, but uh you should follow Tam on her social media because she does post a lot of the stuff that she does that's really, really cool like that. Yeah, and that was really cool. And speaking mm-hmm. of cool, I was planning on going to Toronto for IndyCar, because I'm oh, trying really? to get a little bit more into IndyCar. I know mm-hmm. I'm not abandoning our NASCAR, but that was the plan. But I got an invite to go check out Formula E. Oh, wow. So I'm excited about that. So stay tuned. I'll keep you guys posted on that. With that being said, let's get excited about some NASCAR talk. Pocono. Pocono. Pocono was everything and then some. And if you didn't think it was everything and then some, Hang up your NASCAR fan card now. Yeah. It gave you everything. It gave you excitement. It gave you a battle. It gave you everything. Yeah, it really did. I mean, the fact that, okay, let's just throw everything out the window. We aren't even prepared to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but we're going to talk about it now. 
That block that Kyle Bush threw. Yeah. On Ryan Blaney. I mean, he. Who, tried, by the way, won the race, right, if you didn't yeah, know. I, I don't blame Kyle Bush for trying to do whatever he could to try to win the race. I mean, like, I get it. I mean, that that's what that's what racing is all about. Except for in this particular instance, it didn't work. And Blaney just took control. And you know what? Sometimes the apprentice outdoes the master. And uh, that's exactly what happened in this case. It was everything. Yeah, it really was. It was was everything, especially considering that Kyle Busch actually led about 100 laps. I think it was 100 laps to be exact. And it came down to those last final laps. And the young guy was there. And you Mm -hmm. were like, okay, Blaney. And the crowd was up on their feet. And they were cheering. And when, I mean, oh, my God, when Kyle threw the block and then he went down low, then went up high. And he couldn't shake Blaney. No, he couldn't. But my my thing is, I was like, Kevin Hartwick is sitting back as a spectator, just like as if he was watching it on TV. He was watching it all go down, like, okay, let me figure out. And I thought at that moment, I said, oh, Kevin is about to come in and take things over. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. But he was on he he was on his tail though. He uh, Harvick was on Blaney's tail right at the end. See, because I was thinking the same thing because it would be just like Harvick or any veteran for that matter to sit back and literally let what's happening in front of you unfold, and then you make your move. And and Harvick could have easily won that race in that kind of a manner. But could have, should have, would have, but that did not correct. because right. he could not. <laughs> he now. Could not. Jimmy Johnson, who was knocked out the race mm-hmm. earlier, I think Jimmy, if he was in that same situation as Kevin Harvick, and not taking anything from Kevin Harvick, but I think Jimmy Johnson or even Ryan Newman, mm-hmm. for that matter, because Ryan is known as one of the toughest guys to pass on the track. Right. But I think Ryan, if he was running in third, would have sat back and said, okay, let me watch this unfold and then come in. Right. And mm-hmm. I think Jimmy would have. I think Jimmy would have won. Yeah, he probably could have. You know, um, unfortunately, Kevin didn't for whatever reason. He just couldn't. But yeah. Blaney was fast. And you know what? Congratulations to Ryan Blaney and that whole team because what a well-deserved win. And here's a young kid who obviously has a lot of NASCAR background rich in his family already. Yeah, he's third generation yeah, driver. Yeah, abs- absolutely. But I mean, this kid obviously has has worked hard. He's uh, you know, put in some really good work and it's paid off and it paid off this past weekend. And so congratulations to Ryan Blaney. Congratulations, Blaney. That's right. And I'm really upset that Jimmy Johnson had that accident. I'll be honest with you, Tam. It was it was really a nasty accident and I was it kind was. of concerned because for Jimmy to get out of that car and sit on the pavement of the track up against the wall. You know, for a split second, that man's life probably flashed in front of his eyes just for a complete second because of of how hard that that he hit that wall. He hit that wall hard. I think it did, Renee, because he actually said something about a similar hit that he had taken, and he promised his wife Mm -hmm. that if he was ever in that situation, that he would approach it a little bit different. We can always say, okay, if I'm about to do this, turn the wheels that way. But when you're in that moment, it doesn't always play out. And I think the way he played it out in his head, if he ever found himself in that type of situation, it didn't apply. Right. Because you're going that fast. What can you do? You have so much time to think and not a whole lot of time to think. Exactly. And here's the thing. The same exact situation played out at the same exact time 
with Jamie McMurray. That's right. And most people, even the announcers, DW and all the guys in the booth, they were a little bit confused trying to figure out if, in fact, if Jimmy did something to cause Jamie McMurray's mm. situation. Right. But it just so happened they both were dealing with some type of brake failure. Right. And, but uh, Jamie was able to avoid hitting as hard as very Jimmy true. did. Yes. Okay, the Jimmy's, the, J- the Jamie's is such a tongue twister. <laughs> so forgive us if we said Jimmy when we meant to say Jamie. But Right, but either way it goes, you, I think we both agree that we're just glad that both drivers were able to walk away really just unscathed without any uh, serious damage or injury. Exactly. Uh, let's see. what. Okay. Oh, top 10. Top 10. We Okay. Before we go any further, top 10 at Poconos. Uh, okay. I said it again this week. Poconos. <laughs> I don't know why I always want to say Poconos. I think I may be thinking of Pinocchio. Maybe so. Pinocchio's. Right. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I can see where you... Po- Pocono. Pocono, right. Okay, top 10 at Pocono. Ryan Blaney took home the W in his 16th cup start, and that's not bad. With that being said, I think he'll probably end up being rookie of the year unless Ty Dillon or whoever else is a rookie. Right. It's, oh, Eric Jones. Eric Jones. Eric Jones don't make edge him out. He's quietly, yeah. Okay, so Ryan Blaney came in first, Kevin Harvick second, Eric Jones third, Kurt Busch fourth, I don't remember hearing Kurt Busch's name all day, so that's pretty interesting. Brad Keselowski came in fifth, Martin Truex sixth, Kyle Larson seventh, Chase Elliott eighth, Kyle Busch ninth, and Matt Kenseth, my quiet assassin. Hey, Matt, I need you to win. Hello? (laughs) Matt Kenseth came in tenth. And just some notable, you know, because I always like to give you Mm -hmm. a little bit of notables. Joey Logano, again, yeah. not quite in the top 10, right. not even in the top 20. He was 23rd. He finished the race, but he was 23rd. Mm-hmm. Not quite sure what's going on with Joey Logano, but this is continuation each week of him not doing great. Yeah. Bubba Wallace, Bubba came in 26, and we are going to dedicate a good amount of time to talking about, uh, talking about Bubba Wallace. Yeah. But- the young guy finally got his start in mm-hmm. Cup. And, you know, he didn't place top 10, but he finished. He actually yeah. finished the race. Yeah. yeah, he did. Can't say that about Casey Kane, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., mm-hmm. or Jamie McMurray, for that yeah. matter. It may have not been where we wanted him as fans to finish, but he finished the race 26th place, and there were a bunch of veterans who didn't even finish the race. Yeah. So that's great. On that note, wanted to kind of focus on the younger guys really quick. Do you remember we always used to have this debate who would win a race first, whether it was- Yes, I do. I remember it very well. Yeah. Like we, the thing was, well, Kyle Larson won a race before Chase Elliott. That's what started it all right there. That that started now, this entire thing. Yeah. Kyle Larson has already won two races. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of this season, we started talking about our three amigos. Mm-hmm. And yeah. our three amigos consisted of, or consist of, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, and Ty Dillon. We haven't talked much about them. We've talked about them, but not that much. I want to just say... 
the changing of the guard is happening, but it's not happening. But depending on who you ask, it has happened. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the results, Ryan Blaney first, Eric Jones third, Kyle Larson seventh, Chase Elliott eighth, Ty Dillon eighteenth, Busher nineteenth, and oh, Daniel Suarez fifteenth. Again, we have what was that? Seven of the young guys placed in the top twenty. Whereas again, Casey Kane, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Jamie McMurray, our veterans, didn't even finish the race. It's something going on. Yeah. And based on the reaction in the stands when Blaney crossed the finish line, a lot of that was that, you know, the historic 21, the Wood Brothers car, finally made its way back to victory lane. But let's flat out call it what it is. Those guys were rooting for Blaney. At one point, I said, oh, they want Blaney to win as opposed to Kyle Busch because we know right now Kyle Busch is not on everyone's Christmas list. Right. But nobody really was rooting for Kevin Harvick who was there. (laughs) It was all about Blaney. I don't know. The young guys are showing up and showing out, as I always say. Yeah, you know, I I think I would agree with uh, some of the people that have said that the changing of the guard has happened already. I'm going to go with that more than anything else because I believe that it has happened already. And I think if you look at a lot of the things that are going on right now, especially this year alone, with Dale Jr. already on his farewell tour, rumors surrounding if Danica is going to retire. Uh, let's take a look at that hit that Eric Amarola took. Uh, let's take a look at the hit that, or the, the, the crash that Jimmy Johnson had this past weekend. That was pretty bad. I mean, even as Jamie McMurray is, is you know, uh, crash was just almost the same. But you see all of this and you go, this is become already a younger man's game almost. And and I don't mean that in a sense of like these older drivers and these veteran drivers can't drive anymore and they can't race anymore. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, Tam, is that it's already happened, this changing of the guard, because just like what you stated a few minutes ago, look, we've seven young guys in the top 20. We always on a consistent basis at least have three to four young guys in the top five, top 10, at least the top 10. With that being said, I see this changing of the guard has already happened and everybody either hinting they're going to retire or already said they're going to retire. I mean, this is, it's, it's in the books, you know, let's give these young guys some credit, not only being there of where they're at, but, you know, putting in the work and getting it done. I mean, look, this is pretty consistent, Tam. Renee, I agree with you, but I don't want to agree with you. We (laughs) are seeing the changing of the guard. I guess it has happened. But I'm not ready to let go. Yeah, no, I, and I totally understand. Now, I'm that, not. I, I mean, I had to let go of my, you know, my Tony Stewart, my yeah, smoke. But I'm not ready to let go. I'm yeah. still rooting for and waiting for Carl Edwards to come mm-hmm. back. Hell, where is my man, Greg Biffle? Yeah. I'm still every week talking about Matt Kenseth. Right. I'm not. Kyle Bush doesn't bother me. I actually like to watch the guy race. He's mm-hmm. a winner. Jimmy Johnson, I've never been a super, super fan of Jimmy. So I can't say I'm indifferent about Jimmy. I'm very indifferent about him almost. Well, no, I think with Danica is something else going on. It's, it's a little bit more than me being indifferent right. when it comes to Danica. Yeah. But with all that being said, I'm not ready to let Dale Jr. go, especially Dale Jr. as of 
now Dale Jr. social media crazy guy who says whatever the <laughs> hell he wants. I'm not ready to let go of Dale. So the changing of the guard may be happening. It may have happened, but I am not ready to let go. Yeah. And I mean, who else am I forgetting? There are some people that, oh, I don't want to see Ryan Newman go. Yeah, you know Because I like Ryan. Ryan is funny to me, even though he doesn't say much. Yeah. But there are some drivers I don't really, if they left, I would be okay. I don't know. I'm not ready. I know, I know. And, and I think even, you know, your, your driver who took over for Smoke, imagine when that guy decides he wants to hang it up. That's going to be tough. Well, but- yeah, Clint. And oh, if you haven't, check out my interview with Clint Boyer mm-hmm. that is on Beyond the Flag, beyondtheflag.com. I have an interview with Clint Boyer, and I also have an interview with one of the Ford Performance guys. I think I mentioned this last week, but we talk about pace cars and things like that. Mm -hmm. So no, I'm not ready to let go of any of those guys. And we talking about Dale Jr., the sport is not ready to let go of Dale, but I feel as if Dale has let go. And let me say this before you chime in. I tweeted from our Twitter account after Dale... And and I'm sure you guys are aware, but Dale was in a practice car during the race because he had an incident where he shifted in the wrong gear during practice and blew up the engine. So in the backup car during the race, he did the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. After the race in the garage, well, not after the race, but during the race in the garage, they talked to Dale and Dale was clueless. He just said he's been driving a stick all his life. He just wasn't quite sure how he missed the shift and what exactly had happened. I tweeted from our account and I was like, has Dale Jr. mentally checked out? So I let that tweet ride and I looked at some of the comments. So then I decided to make it a poll. And then someone tweeted us and said that the thought of what we wrote was insensitive and it was not right. And it was only at that moment, because we make mistakes, everyone makes mistakes. It was only at that moment that I realized it could have been perceived that the comment was somehow, or maybe, you know, he was dealing with his concussion and he was a little spacey. So by no means that I mean to imply that, right? because I forgot about the concussions. Mm -hmm. And in all honesty, I don't think that this has anything to do with the concussions, But the fact that even Dale wasn't quite sure what was going on, it is a possibility. Me, I took it as if he's just mentally checked out, like he's retired, he knows he's retiring and he's done. But looking at some of the comments that people had to say, I start to think it is a possibility that maybe some type of things are going on, side effects from the concussion, where he just couldn't really function. I I totally understand where you're going with that. I happened to uh, be uh, searching through the internet, just trying to get information to comment on this particular subject, Tam. And you know what? I think Ricky Craven said it best. I think he had the, the best opinion that I've heard as far as this particular situation is concerned, concerning Dale Jr. And that is, as a driver, it is very difficult to be out of a race car that long, as long as he was. And then to get back right into a car, not only just to get back into the car, Tam, but to get your mind mentally ready for competition on that level. Number three, 
You've already stated that it's your farewell tour. This is your last season and then you're hanging it up. So the last thing that he needed to do was to put more pressure on himself. And I mean, Dale Jr. Mm -hmm. So it's a possibility that a combination of all of that is coming together and it's just mentally messing with his his mental state of mind being behind the wheel. So little mistakes like that can happen and they will happen. And you know what? I, I agree with Ricky Craven. I mean, that almost one of the best explanations that, I, that I've heard. And, and you know what? It, he might be right. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about this guy was out for so long with a concussion. He finally got his symptoms together. And then by that time, it was already the end of the season. You might as well just sit it out, come back next year. And then you, you mentioned that you're going to go ahead and retire at the end of the year. Now everybody's expecting you to win, 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 win. This guy might not, he, Dale Jr. might not even make the playoff the way he's racing right now. He's not at the rate he's going. Right. right. I don't even, I don't even think he's a, a qualified. No. And I know we'll, we'll go over those standings here in a minute, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think Dale Jr. fans just need to kind of be a little bit patient, even though the time is running out, but even Dale Jr. And he didn't blame it on anybody, Tim. That's what you have to love about Dale Jr. He didn't blame anything or anybody. He said, you know what? He said he's been doing this his whole life, and for some reason, he just missed the shift. And But what concerned fans is he seemed confused. Yeah. Even when he was talking, you know, I made a remark a few episodes back that he's always fidgety. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always moving his hat up and down. And, right. But he just really seemed confused. Making light of the situation, one person tweets to us, Lynn Eason Hammond, she tweeted, Lost his mojo needs to be like Austin and find it. And I thought that made light of the situation. But there were other comments like General Shelby stated, I think he needs to retire at Daytona. I mean, and uh, we know that's not going to happen. Right. But you know what, though? You never well, say you, you, never. Right. Exactly. And you, ne- you never want to say never because it's usually always the things that you say never to you end up either doing or something <laughs> of that nature. But I think the great thing is, is that, you know, his fans will always be behind him. That's for sure. And they will get offended. And I understand that just like any other driver's fans will get offended. But in this particular case, this is why we always state on our podcast, Tam, this is why we always state that this is a podcast for fans, by fans, because we are just as passionate of fans as you are. And we have our favorite drivers just as much as you do. So there are times that we just say our opinions. And if we do give some information to you guys as listeners that are listening to this podcast. And we certainly do appreciate you listening to us. If you know that we have something wrong, please, by all means, tweet us at Turns No Breaks. You can find us on social media and uh, please and, and let us know. And we will try to do our best to correct it if, we, if, if it's wrong. Yeah. And speaking of all this retirement stuff and, and rumors of whatnot, let's just go ahead and just throw the, the whole Danica story out there real quick. What Danica story? It seems like every week there's a Danica story. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And you're right. And before we even get into this, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, listeners, uh, it's just like me and Tam always say, we're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica fans. That right there should tell the story of what we are going to go into right now. There was a story that Danica, she had a problem of not going over, signing some autographs to some fans right after a practice. The fans started to boo her very noticeably loud that caught her attention. Uh, she immediately stopped and then went to address 
the crowd that was booing her, the little group of people that started to boo her because she didn't stop and sign the autographs. Now, her body language obviously showed that she was very uh, disturbed by the booing, but also quick to notice that somebody was recording her with, with their phone. That combination together, Tam, she stopped and she addressed the, this small crowd that was booing her, and she did drop a couple of F-bombs, or at least one F-bomb. Uh, so she used profanity. She was trying to tell this crowd that, hey, look, I'm a person too. I have feelings. And when you guys boo me like that, it hurts my feelings because I do want to stop and I do want to sign autographs for everybody. But you know what? I just came from a practice or whatever she was coming from, which is true. She did. She was She was obviously going somewhere else and security was trying to help get her there. Now, could she have taken a, just a split second of a moment to sign an autograph or two? Of course she could have. But in this particular instance, Tam, because I am, uh, I'm also in the side of somewhat of entertainment as well, maybe not on a professional athlete level, but a professional comedian level. And I have personally, Tam, been in a situation where I'm doing a show, whether it's with uh, big names or not so big names. And as you're going through the crowd, people want to take a picture. They want to, they want to, uh, uh, talk to you. They want you to sign an autograph and you do want to do that, but you realize sometimes it's not your fault. They just catch you at a bad moment where the security is, they have to get you somewhere at, at, at a certain time or it's just not in the right moment. So everything is timing with that, Tam. Uh, I can honestly tell you. And it just happened not to be the right time. Now, did she have to use profanity? Maybe not. But I understand why she used profanity, because she was, she was offended. she's Danica. Well, and she's Danica. And let's be honest. We talked about this before we started the podcast. And you know what? She's She's on, she probably knows she's on her way out. It's, she's probably 95% sure she, this is going to be her last year and she's going to retire. So when you get that kind of mentality in your head, you're just going to say, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. I'm, this is my last year anyway. What are you going to do? Suspend me? I'm going to retire at the end of the season. But there's life after NASCAR. And to yes, be honest, I remember some tweet she tweeted about IndyCar. I can't quite recall what it was, but it gave me. Something it just stuck in my mind. I was like, "Oh, maybe she's going back to IndyCar." Mm-hmm. So now that, that now that's a possibility too. Yeah, because her tweet was know. very interesting. But I feel like Pippa, the other female mm-hmm. IndyCar driver, is probably like, "Yeah, stay your butt over in NASCAR." <laughs> I don't know. It should yeah. be interesting. I I don't even I don't even have much to say. I don't even oh, want to talk well, about Danica. Yeah, that but- like that's how I'm feeling. Like I said earlier, I'm I've always been a little indifferent. When it comes to her, I don't even feel like talking about well, her. Well, I tell you what we can talk about, and it's something that I know you definitely want to talk about, and uh, that's Mr. Bubba Wallace. Okay, I can talk about yeah, Bubba. Let, let, we can definitely talk about some. Bubba I can Wallace. talk about Daryl Wallace Jr. Yes, sir. I want to applaud this young kid. I mean, he's got his, he finally got his chance, Tam. And you know what? And I mean, he finished the race. That was the important thing. And I think maybe in hindsight, if he looks at maybe you don't want to finish 26, nobody wants to finish 26, whether it's your first race or your last race. But you know what? I think in hindsight, he could probably look at that and go, you know what? I finished the race. Well, he actually said that he was disappointed, but he was great that he got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what this young guy is going through. As an African-American who loves NASCAR, one of the first questions I always get is, 
why do you like NASCAR? Well, why do you like soccer or hockey or basketball or football? Don't ask me a dumb question. Right. And I know he was dealing with a lot of, as Clint Boyer told me, there's no such thing as a dumb question. After a while, there are dumb questions. That's what I'm going to say. But I can only imagine the questions that Bubba was dealing with and, you know, repeatedly having to answer the same question right. because there's only so many times you can rephrase. So how does it feel to be an African-American NASCAR driver? How does it feel to be this African-American driver? Blah, blah, blah. You know, because it was all kind of, I guess, records being set. Well, not right, really right. records, but, you know, first time this, first time that. When actually there's boundaries he, being broken. Yeah, he's not yeah. the first African-American NASCAR driver by no. any means, but he definitely is the first in a few years to hit the track. Right. But one thing I will say, and I've interviewed Bubba in the past, and I'm hopefully planning to talk to Bubba again sometime in the next week or so. He does everything with class, a sense of pride. He's just an all around good guy. I am more so, one thing me and Danica do have in common. I would probably have cussed out a fan, but that's why I'm not a celebrity because the man above knew Yeah, I don't have the personality cut out to answer dumb questions or to, right. for people to be offended if I can't stop and give them an autograph. I want to commend Bubba. I was excited for Bubba. If you follow us on Twitter, yes, there were a large amount of Bubba tweets from our account Yeah, because- it was Bubba Wallace. It yeah. was just great. I don't know. How did you feel? Well, I mean, I I think it was just uh, something that was um, long long overdue because, I mean, I could have seen Bubba racing at this level at the beginning of the year and maybe even last year, really, tell you the truth. But you know what? The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that he finally got an opportunity. He made the best of it. He finished the race. And you know what? He said all the right things. Uh, after the race. And I mean, he, he, I thought he handled himself absolutely in the most professional manner that he could possibly handle himself. And I, I was excited to see them. I was excited to see him on the racetrack. It was, it was awesome. It really, really was awesome. And it was awesome to see the fans really uh, embrace him the way they did in such a, in such a positive manner. Before we jump in our fan comment of the week, I want to ask you this question, Renee. Do you think there was too much emphasis on Bubba being an African-American driver? I think that we could have... Okay, the answer is yes. I think there was. And I think maybe we could have taken a step back from him just being an African-American driver and then just acknowledged it, ask a few questions, and then move on to him as just a regular driver. Does that make any sense? It's almost like, why do I always have to be the Latino comic? You know, oh, he's a Latino comedian. Why can't I just be a regular comedian? Why do I always have to be the Latino comedian? Why do I, it, it, does that make any sense? Because uh, that happens to me a lot too. And I'm like, well, I'm just, you labeling me as a Latino comedian tells me that you're telling the audience that I'm only going to do Latino humor because I'm a Latino comedian. And that's not necessarily true because if anybody's ever watched me perform, live or are you're even, pretty funny I'm, yeah i'm all around i any i'll hit any race i'll hit any any age group i'll hit any genre of people that you you come at me it doesn't matter because i'm just a regular comedian so when you say latino comedian 
I don't want people to get the idea, well, my act is in Spanish or I'm just going to do Latino humor. And I think that is part of what maybe kind of we fell into with Bubba. And, you know, let, let's get away from the emphasis of just him being a black driver. Let's emphasize on him just being a driver. Well, one thing I want to add on a serious note, I feel as if it's just a way of life with everything in this world. People need to qualify. It's not so much even race. It's the skinny girl, the fat girl, the girl with the long hair, the girl with the short hair, that guy with the blue eyes, the guy with the green eyes, the black driver, the Mexican driver, but it's never the white driver. Right. And again, it's because people need to qualify things. So we're well-rounded. We're not the norm. Again, I'm an African-American female who loves NASCAR, but I also love house music. Right. You know, I just finished (laughs) talking to Renee's friend about stroking the guitar. But yeah, I like hip hop. So I guess technically there are some things about me that are stereotypical. Right. I guess black people do love hip hop, but not all of black people do. That's true. It's just like, okay, you're a Mexican. Right. But do you, what is the music? Well, I mean, I listen to, I listen to Spanish music. I don't, I don't, I may not listen to every genre of Spanish music, but I listen listen to mariachi music. I love mariachi music. Uh, I listen to uh, Romanticas. I listen to salsa, merengue. Um, I may not listen to banda because I don't like banda, but you know what? I'm a huge fan of EDM and I'm a huge fan of NASCAR. So your 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 point is correct, and I see where you're going with this. And yeah. yes, but but everything seems to always be black and white. Well, I again, I just think people feel the need to always qualify things. Right. I one of these days I'm gonna write this book that I've been talking about. What's the dot 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 behind mm-hmm. your name? I say that because in the business world where I spend a lot of my time, although I've always had my own business for I guess ten years now or so. I've, you know, worked at a lot of corporations. Right. And one of the things I always notice at these corporations or in business settings, it always becomes a thing where it's, oh, that's such and such who works at such and such. Right. When I was in college or right after I graduated, it was always, oh, she went to such and such college, but mm. she went to grad at Harvard Law. It's okay. always a qualifier. Right. It can and and if you go to my social media at I am sincerely Tam, mm-hmm. my bio says just Tam. Across Twitter and Instagram, my bio says just Tam. Right. There's no Tam who loves NASCAR, Tam who loves house music, Tam who works for this, Tam who works <laughs> for that. It's just Tam. Right. Now I, it's an experiment that I've been doing, and I see the difference. I'm not picking up that many followers. Because there's nothing for them to hang on to. Right. They are like, what? Is, who? What? Yeah. Love the I, I photos totally that I post. Right. Or the content. Mm-hmm. And be content on that. Before we jump into our fan comment of the, of the week, I wanted to briefly talk about storylines. NASCAR has so many storylines this week. I was so excited. I was watching ESPN and I saw at the bottom Bubba Wallace name flash. Since ESPN doesn't cover NASCAR anymore, they rarely talk about NASCAR unless it's something, you know, a big event. To see Bubba's name flash at the bottom, but again, it was African-American driver, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure NASCAR will take the storylines however they can get them, but it was so much going on. You had 
Bubba Wallace, who who is best friends with Blaney, mm-hmm. as in Ryan Blaney, who won the race. Like, dude, they're racing together. Yeah. I like That's to say deal. Bubba brought Ryan Blaney good luck. But that was one storyline. Best friends racing against each other in the big boy league. Ryan Blaney won. That was another storyline. Bubba Wallace, African-American NASCAR driver. That was a storyline. Jimmy Johnson's hit. That was a storyline. I mean, it was storyline after storyline. Danica Patrick drama with Mm -hmm. the fans. NASCAR hopefully capitalized off of everything that happened this weekend because it was never ending. It was a really good race. In fact, I was telling my good friend Sujit, who hates when I go on my whole NASCAR tantrum, but even he had to agree. He said, boy, it was a lot going on this weekend. Yeah, it sure was. With that being said, I'm going to jump into the fan comment of the week. All right, here we go. And our fan comment of the week, of course, has to do with Bubba Wallace. And I'm going to read this only because it answers the question that many had in regards to why do we have to talk about race. This commenter, and I'm not even going to acknowledge his Twitter account, But he did write, he wrote to us and said, he is nowhere close to skill level to be in cup car. Not R is the Mexican diversity cry bag liberals are why they're even there. And I read it exactly the way he wrote it. And I know you guys are like, why am I focusing in on a negative comment? Because it can't be perceived as a negative comment. But I wanted to read this comment to kind of bring home as to why we're still talking about race. Right. Because of that comment right there. Mm-hmm. First of all, he spelled diversity wrong. That was a whole nother thing. But the Mexican diversity cry bag liberals, what the hell does liberals got to do with anything that is happening? And I mean, if you, however you feel about what, I don't get into politics. One thing I will say about life, if you treat people the way you want to be treated, more than likely you'll find out that people are good inside. Mm. And I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to totally agree with you on that. Yeah. And I mean, there were some other comments, you know, one person said, I'm sick of people focusing so much on his skin color instead of his talent. People these days see past the talent and focus on other things. And then we had another comment that said, yeah, that bothers me too. If it takes a certain skin color for one to get into racing, then they don't understand what racing is about. You know, I mean, and I can go on. That one was a really good one. That's a a good one. I I really like that comment there. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, and then you had totally agree. Why can't this just be... Nothing more than an Xfinity driver getting his big break in the Monster Energy Series. And that's the way I looked at it. Again, obviously he's African-American, but I don't ever hang the hat on Bubba Wallace, African-American. I hang the hat on Bubba Wallace is a cool kid and he's got a great personality and he's good for NASCAR. There you go. So on that note, that was our fan comment of the week. And we are going to jump into some predictions. Predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Renee, who you got? All righty. Well, I'm going to try to make this real nice and easy. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. Out of all of this that is going on, I think there's one guy who is kind of faded a little bit, and he finished the, this past race in Pocono really well. And I'm going to give him 
I'm going to give him the checkered flag this coming weekend. And I'm going to say Brad Kislowski wins that race this weekend. He's my winner. He's going to take the checkered flag home. And as far as your dark horse is concerned, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Don't ask me why. And I know he's Mr. Second Place. But uh, something about Kyle Larson, I just... I just I got a feeling that this guy might just pull a rabbit out of his head. Uh, but Brad Kislowski is your winner. Speaking of Mr. Second Place, I proposed a question. That was the last episode or episode mm-hmm. before last, who had the record? And one of our listeners, Marcus, actually went and found who had the record for second place finishers. So it's actually on our Twitter account. I thought that was pretty neat that he took the time to help us with a little research. So shout out to Marcus. Now, before I jump into my predictions, I'm going to give you our past 10 and a few little notable facts because we're at Michigan. One thing I realized, Renee never says where we're at. Right. We're at Michigan. (laughs) I had to look it up. It wasn't like something on the schedule that I was like, yeah, Michigan. Like I'm pretty cool in knowing where we're at each week without looking at the schedule. I didn't know we were at Michigan. I had to look it up. Okay, our past 10, 2016, Joey Logano, 2015, Kurt Busch, 2014, Jimmy Johnson, 2013, Biffle, 2012, Junior, 2011, Hamlin, 2010, Hamlin, 2009, Mark Martin was still racing, 2008, Dale Jr., and 2007, we had that man, Carl Edwards, with the strut that we miss on the track. Quick facts about Michigan. We race twice a year, once in June and once in August. Winners, just some patterns that I noticed. Dale Jr., Joy Logano, Denny Hamlin, and Kurt Busch are all two-time winners in Michigan. And Greg Biffle is actually a four-time winner in Michigan. Like, Biffle was really trying to own Michigan. See, I would have picked him if he would have been racing. (laughs) Can Biffle come back? He could. I mean, like, really? Like, could. If, so could all Carl Edwards. And it, we know Carl Edwards is coming back. We already know what happened with Carl right. and the rumor mill. I don't know. Okay. We never talked about it. I don't think we should. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a we'll reason. Leave that for another episode. But, no, I don't even think we should address it. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's, let's yeah, but this. Great Biffle, what happened? My prediction. I think I would pick Great Biffle and Matt Kenseth, but <laughs> Greg is not running. So I am going to go out on a limb. I didn't pick Kyle Busch last week because I said Kyle Busch needed to cool off. Kyle hasn't exactly dominated this track. I believe he's won a couple of times in the Xfinity series at this track. But I am going to say Kyle Busch is going to bounce back and win. And I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth again as my dark horse. Wow, Matt Kenseth again, the quiet assassin as her dark horse. Right on. So those are our predictions, guys. And uh, for you listeners out there, if you want to send us your predictions, please do so. We always appreciate you guys listening to our podcast, a podcast for fans, by fans. Please, if you know anybody that loves NASCAR just as much as we do and just as much as you do, please turn them on. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate and review it. And ladies and gentlemen, be kind to each other. And like always, we will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 